Escape from Plan A. Who cares about this stupid election? We all know it doesn't matter who gets elected president of Carver. Do you really think it's going to change anything around here? Make one single person smarter, or happier, or nicer? The only person it does matter to is the one who gets elected. The same pathetic charade happens every year. And everyone makes the same pathetic promises, just so they can put it on their transcripts to get into college. Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of Escape from Plan A. I'm your host, Oxford. And right now, I am joined by Diana. Hi everyone. Hey Diana. Mark. Hello. And Teen. What's going on? Uh, so uh, this episode, we were just going to, I guess, riff on high school. But this morning, we woke up to this rather hilarious scandal that's been going on that ins- has ensnared some, uh, you know, celebrities about these college admissions thing. Uh, does anyone else want to just describe what the hell has gone on? Who, who knows the story best? Who's got the, who's got the details? Mark, I think you looked through the whole uh, affidavit, I think, right? You were telling us who was like the name of the defendants. There's like one Asian person. Like we were kind of worried. No, that. I was. I, so uh, there was a tweet by um, Bishop uh, Swan, who is a, a black Twitter personality. And he had listed uh, in three tweets the 50 or so names. And I think we have been chatting about, oh, please, no Asian people. <laughs> But yeah, there, was I mean, one Asian, <laughs> there was one Asian person there. Yeah, like um, we were we were talking about this amongst ourselves. Like, could you imagine the shitstorm that would happen if it were a bunch of, say, like rich ass Chinese internationals or something yeah. who had done? The, oh my god, it would. There was it only would, yeah, but yeah. There, yeah, there was only one uh, Asian name there, and it was like buried under you know Felicity Huffman and and uh, Aunt Becky right. and and William H Macy. So I, I think we're safe for now. But yeah, it, it could have <laughs> yeah, been bad. So, it could have been bad. Yeah. But the gist of it was is that I guess. Um, Not they're not all celebrities, but they're all very well-to-do people. Had working with I think one college sort of admission counselor agent in particular. Yo, that guy got like twenty-five million dollars. Yeah, so It's he insane. was taking money, and he would um, basically bribe not just admissions counselors, but uh, the coaches of teams. And it wasn't sort of like okay, my 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 son plays baseball. Uh, give him a scholarship. It was literally like he doesn't play baseball, but he can't get into the school other than through like athletics. So I'm going to pay you five hundred thousand dollars, and you're going to pretend to that he's like this baseball star. It was literally like lying and make sh- making but, shit but, up. But how does that work? So he don't. But they don't join the team. I mean, they don't play. No, the sport. no. No, exactly. So, so it's like just would, like the coach comes in and intervenes in the admissions process to be like this, this right. kid's a stud. She's 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 the yeah. shit, and mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of gives you a big like you know boost a on huge your application. Boost. Yeah, a and huge, I'm guessing like boost. the person will just like walk on to the team, be like the water boy or water girl, and just or not know, even show up. They wouldn't. And show then just up. probably uh, probably just like formality, just show up to the first practice and then just like drop off the team or or something. Um, right, the, but actually, the, the athletics thing is interesting because a, a few days ago, uh, Andrew Yang, the presidential candidate, had tweeted something in support of paying all uh, big-time NCAA athletes 
he said. And there were actually a lot of people who had, who were like, oh yeah, you know, pro UBI, pro Medicare for all. But then they saw that tweet. They're like, oh, you know, that, oh, let's not go too far. And I was just wondering, <laughs> hmm, well, I wonder what the difference is between a uh, UBI and, you know, big time NCAA athletes. Oh, what, oh, right. what could the difference be? And then a lot of people <laughs> exactly. were saying, you can't do that because then it'll take away money from, from like other sports. Um, that don't turn a profit. And if That's it's these ridiculous. sports that people are, are, you know, these bullshit sports like, you know, rowing and like equestrian and all that, good riddance, you know, like good yeah. riddance. But, and, and also like uh, they were um, influencing, they would get like proctors to give the SAT in a one-on-one test situation for like these kids. So like yeah, something I, that you can never get, they would like, they would bribe these proctors that were like state, you know, because you have to get a certification to, to do that. And yeah. they would also like fake the doctor's reports that they had these like learning disabilities or medical condition and they needed like a lot of extra time for the tests. Um, so they were. Like, mean, mean, meanwhile, in New York City, they they actually accuse Asian kids like writ large of cheating because right they do because they studied because they, <laughs> they actually study for the test because we try to You're spending yeah, money, cheating, man. You're yeah. you know you're preparing. That's cheating. You know. Yep. This is all so complicated. Like, I don't even understand why you have to go through athletics of all things, like the most salient people on campus. Like, why can't, like, why can't Felicity Huffman just, like, pay some Asian kid to take the SATs (laughs) for her son? They did, right? They did. Well, I don't know. They they might have done that, too. They They might have have done that, too, for all you know. They did have uh, people... (laughs) I remember when uh, uh, Derek Rose, you know, the the NBA player, there were, like, things uh, about how someone, like, took the te- SAT test for him, and he got a lot of shit for that. But at least, like, he's a one-and-done. He's, like, uh, yeah, it's like he's a one-and-done college player. He shouldn't even have to go to college. You know, that, that thing's all bullshit. At least he has that excuse. These people have absolutely no excuse. Every no. advantage in life, and you still... No, the funniest thing was, <laughs> I think it was, uh, I think her name's Lori Lachlan, the, the actress right. who played Aunt Becky. <laughs> And Becky. <laughs> no, not you, Aunt Becky, no. <laughs> no and like, to, I saw, to pay $500,000 to USC. <laughs> and I'm not going to be a God. snob, but come on. Like, oh my God, that is so, um, that is not worth it. I would not. You couldn't even get into Duke for $500,000? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was, it was like, I would not even pay like full ride to go to USC, much less pay a premium to bribe people to yeah, get, get into that school. A, it's that ridiculous. Good of a school. I saw this tweet that said um life imitating art. Like there was some episode of Full House where Aunt Becky oh, really? and Uncle Jesse are like worried that their twins aren't gonna get into the elite preschool so they like try to cheat their way in. Oh wow. Oh my god. Really? <laughs> That's so <laughs> funny. Uh, okay first of all elite preschool what yeah. the fuck oh what, what do you mean that's the thing now man you know oh, i know but got, that was definitely like definitely got friends that have like you know had to go through interviews and aptitude oh. observations to see if I know, their kids are thing. fit for fucking wait, preschool wait wait, check this out check this out the, this was a few years ago this was one of the most ridiculous stories i've ever heard uh, so apparently there is like a very famous school in england I, I, it's like mm-hmm. a preschool. I think goes up to twelfth grade or what. You know, you know, like those like very, uh, you know, well regarded schools like the Harrow School or, or Eton School. Or what. It's sure. like, I think it's one of those schools. Anyway, uh, so uh, Prince William and and uh, Kate Middleton's kid. That's George, right? Prince George, wh- whatever his name is. 
Uh, so everyone was speculating which school he'd go to. And apparently they have a branch in New York City. So all these parents thought he was going to go to that school. So they enrolled their kids into the New York branch, wanting, I guess, some kind of loose uh, affiliation with the royal family. But then that uh, they went the they went to he went to another school, Prince George. <laughs> so they, oh, they got the head fake. So, so they felt uh, yeah. they felt that they were like duped by the school. The whole okie doke, and they, yeah, they got. Duped. It was so pathetic because you're not even physically going to be in the same building. It's like it's a branch. It's like a satellite office of that school. <laughs> I mean, I know it's a thing, teen, but it's just like the whole idea of an elite preschool that sets you up to get into the into the right kindergarten that sets you up to get into the yeah. right like it, it's all about you know, know being, being friends just, with those people it's from ridiculous it, yeah. it's just, I, I think i think it's more about like the parents getting to know the parents of the elite kids and i'm yeah, sure the kids uh, they want them to get to know each other as well but you know it's the parents really trying to network with others it's disgusting i see uh, i think i had an argument about this with uh some 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 close friends about their desire to send their kids to like you know, an elite school like Sidwell Friends were like, you know, the Obamas right. go and all that. Uh-huh. And I was, I was kind of like, look, like going to Sidwell Friends is a symptom of your eliteness. It doesn't, mm. it doesn't give you eliteness. Mm-hmm. Like if you're nobody and you send your kid to a school full of somebodies, your kid is still a nobody. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. think being a nobody in a school full of somebodies is even healthy for that kid. Like, I feel no, like you should go yeah. to a school that's well-matched to who you actually are. And, you know, I've, uh, I've known people, like, I, I dated this girl who um, went to, like, a really wealthy private school in Asia. But her family wasn't rich. Her, her, her parents were, like, professors. Uh-huh. And uh, we used to talk about it all the time. She was just, like, she had, like, middle child syndrome all day, even though she wasn't a middle child. Like, she just was completely, she just felt herself to be completely you know, ordinary and just did she, she still was friends with those girls from that school, but she was always sort of like, you know, peripheral. Uh, Mm. And um, I don't know, from my perspective, I was like, it didn't seem like great outcome to just have a bunch of like rich, spoiled friends that are living lives, a life that you could never afford or really, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're always the the sidekick, right? I mean, you're never, you're you're sort of there. Yeah, she's if you're not, lucky. She, yeah, she she grew up in a world that wasn't really her world. But, you know, but the parents, I feel like parents just so desperately I mean, they're so like um they're they're so brand name oriented to a lot of this stuff and my my friends are like this. Like if I push them on that, I don't even think it's really that well thought out, but they're just like, "Look, it's a good this is their reasoning. It's like, it's a great school. You know, what matters most in life is who you know." And if you really want to, you know, jump to that next level, if you really want to, you know, be part of the the ruling class, and, and they'll use phrases like that, you know, you've got to you've got to socialize in that world. You've got to get attuned to that world. And the younger you are, when you start, the better. And I'm like, I've, I don't think I've ever seen that. Like in my life, yeah. I've never, <laughs> you know, I've never really felt that that, that worked that out. That doesn't that doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, this is like this is like the. Have you ever seen My Fair Lady? Or like Pygmalion. Mm-hmm. This is like exactly the plot of that. It's just like so many people are just like um, educating their children as if they're a station above what they actually are in the hopes that they will somehow like move up. But it just creates all these people who are snooty, but they don't have the money or the status to back it up. Yeah. Yeah. And also yeah. like 
prestige isn't like smallpox. You don't just get it because you're, you know, exactly. in the vicinity of the area. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's, it's, it's more like some kind of Wait like a a genetic mutation that takes like generations to really take hold. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you've got to you've got to inherit it to some extent. You, you right. have to be mm-hmm. you have to actually be. But are you saying it has to be inserted into you? It has to. Be- it, no, we're not. It's not sexually <laughs> transmitted either. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a yeah, that's a good point. Well, uh, but I think this is relevant to I mean the discussion we wanted to have because it's like I mean I mean the tragedy is that you know this is the state of I, we don't want to talk about college admissions, but I mean this is the state of. Uh, like a uh, high school student's life if they want to aspire for these colleges. I think we're all generally, um, like we've all been out of college for, you know, almost, I think at least, you know, 10-ish years or more. So we, uh, I mean, it was hard when we were younger, but now it's insanely difficult, much more insanely difficult. And the re- there's a reason these parents are getting so um, desperate and just uh, just totally outrageous in, in um, what they're trying to do. Um, so I think l- let's just talk about you know, high school and how much it did or didn't shape our, you know, identities as Asian Americans. Uh, Diana, why don't you start us off? Uh, just like tell us how, how what your high school is like, where you grew up, etc. Yeah, so I uh, I grew up in the Midwest mostly. Um, I moved to Nebraska, uh, to Lincoln, Nebraska, when I was eight, and I lived in this like kind of um like working class neighborhood until middle school and then when I was in middle school my parents bought a house um because that was when my dad I think he got his professorship or he got tenure or something like that and uh we bought a nice house in like the white suburbs and we moved there and I started going to um the local public school and I just went uh to that public school and to the um the high school that that pub that middle school funneled into um so it was like 400 students per class on average and I think total of like four percent non-white students period oh damn oh yeah yeah. Um, so what, so white what were the hell. other students? Uh, were, were they black, uh, Latino? Um, uh, I don't even know the statistics on that. I don't think they counted. She never that. saw them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> they might wow. as well not so rare. It's like so hard to spot. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in my area, not not in that school district, but just in the city in general, like there were a lot of. Vietnamese people um because like oh really the yeah when after the Vietnam War the um U.S. government just assigned a lot of refugees to live in that area and my dad always jokes that um the government always puts refugees where white people don't want to live which is kind of true you know like yeah. A lot of the internment camps were like in our area too, like in Nebraska. And um they moved the Native American reservations to like, you know, Oklahoma, Nebraska. Oh, that of course. They're not, they're, gonna, they're, they're not gonna put you, they're not gonna put you in Brentwood. Right. They're not gonna yeah. you know, they're not gonna drop you in like, you know, West Hollywood. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're, you're you're going you're settling somewhere. 
Yeah, and oh, and um, like when I was in school, like I remember, like in the last twenty years or so, they also have taken like Sudanese refugees and um, like uh, not Syrian, but maybe Syrian now, but um, Somalian refugees, and now there's a big Me Mexican population as well in some of the like smaller towns. Because there's like a big, like uh, meat farming and meat packing industry there. Oh, uh, oh, uh, Mark, why, why don't you tell us uh, about how you your high school experience? Yeah, sure. Um, so I I went to high school in uh, Westchester, New York, uh, in one of the towns there. And Westchester is uh, like a northern suburb of New York City. Um, and Diana, you were saying that, uh, where you grew up or went to school, it was what, 4% non-white? Four. 4%, right? Um, I was just looking this up and I think this has actually gotten better, <laughs> but it says right now on this website that I looked it up that it's 83.2% white where I went to high school. Um, and 2.6% Asian. So when I was in high school though, that was, I think it was even more white. So it was because in my high school class, I remember there were like five Asian people and there are like 250, 300 kids in a class. Uh, and two of those five pe Asian people were myself and my brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who are the other, who are the other minorities? I mean, like the uh, demographics. There are like Hispanic is the, is the uh, biggest minority. Okay. Uh, do there you know like kind of like from which country of origin? Um, no, I, no, I mean, probably like Mexican, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I don't, I, you know, I, at the time I was not aware of, you know, I wasn't sort of counting off those check boxes. Um, but, um, uh, and then, you know, there, there was like one or two, you know, black people, but it was like, it was white. It was just the way it is. Like Westchester, where I grew up, it was white. Um, so being Asian was definitely a notable thing. Like when I was a, a when I was in high school, um, but I don't know how much I really try like thought about it. Um, but it was it was no it was noticeable just because there were just so few of us. Plus, like I don't know, every fourth valedictorian was like one of the Asian kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. What about you, teen? You know what's funny is I'm like I'm actually looking at my high school class photo like you know did you all do that like where you go to like the bleachers yeah uh, yeah, yeah oh yeah so I'm looking at you a mean snapshot. like in the yearbook yeah well no I don't think yeah maybe it's in the yearbook but like everyone gets like a copy of it and uh, uh, I'm looking at it now uh, or my entire high school class is standing on the football bleachers and we're like super diverse. Uh, there's a shitload of Asian kids in my class. I used to think we were like 15%, and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I think we might be like 30% Asian. Wow. Um, there's more, There's definitely more Asian kids than any other, like, visit, like, other minority. There's not that many black students, uh, and all the black students are kind of like hanging out together. Um, easy to, easy to I, spot. I would say that there's probably like... Uh, yeah, I think Asians are definitely like the biggest minority here. Uh, and it's something like 30% or something. So does that include yeah, South Asian? 
No, like just just like East Asians. Um, I, there's a lot more for some reason. There's a lot more East Asians than South Asians, though there there are a few South Asians. But we just man, we were really pretty more, much more heavily Asian than I remember. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Um, yeah, I grew up outside. Uh, the, my high school is. I did not grow up like a rich. I was my family is not like wealthy, but I was in a wealthy district. Do you know what I mean? And uh, it was a pretty wealthy area. I had some pretty wealthy friends, and uh, like my my high school. Okay, so my high school was outside of like uh, you know it was a lot of like Washington D.C. people live there, so um, you know a lot of it was like a very professional town. Um, and my high school was like a really high achieving school and we would always put, you know, I think like five or six kids from my class went to Harvard. Um, wow, really? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, like Man, we that's, would place, that's crazy. Yeah, no, it was, it was crazy. Like it was, we, like we were packing the Ivy Leagues um, every, every day in school. Like for someone to get into like Penn or something was like, <laughs> eh, you know, like people were like, yeah, that's, that's okay. Yeah, you know? like, like the Don, the Don Jr. <laughs> of your, of your class would have gone there, huh? Yeah. And, and, and seriously, like people were connected. Cause like, I, I'm looking at this one dude right here who played baritone sax next to me. He, he was a complete dumbass and he went to like Duke and he, he was like, he was like literally like the drunkest kid in my class. Well, that explains why he went to Duke, huh? Yeah. 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 He, he, uh, yeah, he, he was a complete moron, but, um, yeah, my, my school was and and Darren Starr, who was the creator of nine hundred two one zero, went to my high school, and so it was kind of that show was based a little bit on his recollection of my high school, and so it was just a really like yeah, it was just oh, a, rest in peace, Luke Perry. Just uh, I guess had to yes, throw that yes, out there. rest in yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, Dylan. Oh, yeah. Speaking of 902, this is a total tangent. Have you guys ever? I've never watched the show, but have you ever seen just like clips from like the first? season or two it looks so cheap just like the way it was shot yeah when did it start though like when did like it very early out? 90s i think yeah i mean yeah. none of those and shows it, really it's just like everyone well. still has that bad 80s hair like we they haven't fully exercised <laughs> like that horrible 80s fashion yet it's still that kind of like transition period it just looks so bad like even like the like i, I think like shannon doherty was supposed to be like the hot girl right but she's got like this crazy hair i don't know it just it just looks really bad i just wanted to Throw that out there, even though I've never watched it. <laughs> anyway, T, that, that that school was a public school, right? I don't know if yes, you said it was that a public school. Okay. Yeah, it was a public school, and we were right yeah. down the street. Of, yeah, not right down the street, but we were pretty close to Georgetown Prep. Um, oh wow! Okay, wow. but but Bre- we always Brady con- we always school. Con- but you know where I grew up, we always considered the public schools, at least the top ones, to be yeah. academically superior to all of those schools. Um, I-, I have to say ours too. Like we yeah. had we had some private schools around, but. They were not any better than the public school. They didn't have enough Wait, was Asians. I, was I, they couldn't was I right in saying that was Kavanaugh school? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so did you guys full mingle? Full of quality men. Like, did you guys mingle with the Georgia Georgetown prep kids? or Not that I know like, of. I mean, Yeah, I would really. assume they looked down on you, huh? They probably did, but I, the worlds didn't overlap. I mean, like, the, uh, it was a pretty self-contained social thing. So we barely mingled with kids from other high schools. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's like, yeah, it's, it's like that thing in high school where um, it's it's almost kind of scary to meet people from other schools because like you have your own like kind of like 
you know who's who, you have your hierarchies in your school, but then you meet people from other schools and suddenly it's like nobody knows where everyone is, which is basically what college is when all these people from high school have to I converge. I don't know, that excited me. I like meeting kids from other schools because then I could be like cooler. <laughs> well, yeah, that's like that's like the dream of college freshman year, right? You're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna shed these these uh, uncool, uh, you know, like layers, and I'm gonna be this whole new person. Okay, a qu- question question for you all, all of you. Um, what did you find high school? Do you look back on it fondly? Was it a nice? Wait, wait, no. uh, just just let me just say uh, w- well, about my background because I yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so just. Uh, put things short. I'm from Vancouver, and I think I think we've been gradually kind of upping the Asian percentage. Mine is is by far the highest. I think we were at least fifty percent, maybe even encroaching, maybe like fifty five to sixty percent. Um, so my high school, I went to like public school all the way up until ninth grade. Then I transferred to this uh, all boys Catholic private school, which was this weird blend uh, of like there were some rich kids there, but there were also a lot of kids who got in because they went to feeder schools from all over the city. Uh, so, okay. like, if you were Catholic and you went to, like, a Catholic, you know, kindergarten to, like, seventh grade school, you, you kind of had Wait, so it was the Catholic? In. it was the Catholic school that was 50-plus yeah. percent Asian? Yeah, so we had a lot of, for example, Filipinos um, oh, okay. because, you know, the very hi- uh, highly Catholic, uh, you know, demographic. You also had, uh, you know, kind of, like, preppy rich white kids you also had you know the, the the white kids from kind of out in the boonies uh who who went who were catholic and went to those schools so were it, you, it was wait, interesting... were you were you catholic are you catholic no no I, no I was a faker whenever we went to monthly mass <laughs> i would hold my my hand over my over my chest so that they wouldn't give me the the communion waiver because <laughs> I, I think it's technically i think it's technically not me dog sin. not me Mm-mm. yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah um, Christ, or, no. i've always wanted cracker. to know what it tastes like though it looks terrible but i have always wondered hmm i wonder what it tastes like you know if you don't but, eat the cracker you kind of believe it you're kind of like uh, that's the body of christ i can't let that <laughs> right. i can't eat that <laughs> that's gonna make it me like change, that's gonna yeah. make me catholic if i eat that i'm, I'm a the, cannibal you know what i mean Come on, the, the funny crazy. thing is though they it, it's not like it's really like a piece of bread or anything it, it, it's like a pre-packaged thing that comes in these yeah, like yeah. oreo sleeve like things so there's like some company out there that There's someone these. who got rich off the communion wafers. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, I, I bet it's a it's like a, a some branch of Nabisco or something. It's like, oh, we're just, we're gonna menu create all the all that, the communion yeah, that, wafers. That's possible all too. All the mats, all the matzo for you know Passover, and you know it's probably quite profitable for them. Um, anyway, yeah. So I went to that school. A very high Asian population, but within the Asian population, there were demographics. There'd be like the Filipinos. Then there would be uh, kind of like. What we what we call the hongers in in you know kind of der- derogatory fashion usually like richer uh, you know uh, Asian kids uh, mainly like Chinese then there were like waves of like international students mainly from like uh, Korea maybe like mainland China uh, and not that many South Asians um, we, we didn't have that many uh, barely any black kids like Vancouver doesn't have a very large black population uh, same with like. Hispanics, no Hispanics, which is interesting because then like, well, somebody has to be like like the black group. So that was like, the, I think the Filipino kids <laughs> took that upon themselves <laughs> to, to be the, the blackest uh, people there. And then, yeah, even and as I said, even among the white kids, there were, you know, class divides because you had the, the richer preppy kids versus the, the more like, they, they weren't cu- like farm boys um, because they're not that rural. But, you know, it, it, it compared to those kind of like rich city kids, they, they were kind of like that. 
Um, yeah, so that, that was that was my high school experience. So, so Teen, you were asking like, do I look? Do we look at it fondly? Yeah, like what what was your overall feeling of high school? Um, do you do you all look back on high school and feel like it was a good time? And you know, or do you look up back on it and think, oh, thank thank the fuck God that was it's over, <laughs> or somewhere in between? Or <laughs> um, I'll start it off. I generally had a very positive thing, and I think it was because of mainly two factors. One was that it, it was it was not co-ed; it was all guys. So there was a lot less drama, it, it, you know. It's, it's like a bunch of dudes around, you know, who, who you're trying to, who you're trying to impress, really. Um, so I, th- I think that that did cut down on a, on a lot of, especially like maybe like the, the racial stuff that that might have happened if if it were co-ed. And secondly, I'd always um, look forward to college. So like uh, high school, I didn't mind, you know, staying home uh, an extra night or on the weekend so that I could get better grades or do better on the exam so I'd go to college and that's where I would have a you know a more you know fun experience or whatever uh, but you know looking back I you know I was you know I was involved in a lot of things I was on the football team not that I was any good but it was a great chance to just you know make friends and just be part of something mm-hmm. uh, I, I played in you know band not, not like, like not like a rock band but like the wind ensemble sure, uh, yeah. played in jazz band uh, did newspapers so I was very involved had a, had a you know good group of friends oh, what'd you what'd you play in jazz band Piano, and then in the wind ensemble, I, pre- I played French horn. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> totally nice. Yo, jazz, French, no, the French piano horn, player, yeah. piano player in jazz band takes skill, man. That's, uh, usually yeah. the, that's usually the best piano player in school. Uh, well, I don't know if I was the best, but you know, I, I was around and willing to. We had like early morning <laughs> practice and everything. So, but you know, I like to think I was like in part of this like nice in between place where I kind of fit in a lot of places because you know I, I did play sports, but I wasn't like some jock. Um, and you know, I was good at school, but I wasn't, I didn't just study. So, you know, it, it was like pretty easy to, to fit in everywhere. So yeah, I mean, high school really had not much to complain about. In retrospect, it would have been nice if it were co-ed, but I, I think, uh, <laughs> it, it did, as I said, cut down, I think on a lot of drama. And Diana, how, how was your, how do you look back on your high school experience? Like the complete opposite of that. Oh no. oh no! My life oh. goal was to just like not be in that environment anymore. I was just like, oh, oh, I man. need to go away for college to get away from this. Um, what, I, what, why? Um, why? What was? Uh... It's just uh, I was just really anxious, and I think looking back, it was probably just like depressed the whole time like it was angry and sad and I just kind of constantly felt othered you know since uh wait Diana were these were these kids that you knew since you were young like that was your class and or whatever uh, or was it I knew I knew them since I knew them since I was like 12 and yeah so that's the thing it's like I moved there uh, when I was 12, but a lot of those kids, they had known each other their whole lives. Um, they all went to the same elementary school, so I didn't really have that kind of connection with them. And a lot of those, I can relate to that. Yeah. And a lot of those um, kids also had like church groups and like that sort of community, which I did not. And they also were like middle class or upper middle class. And I think my family was like um we just didn't make as much money and we didn't have the same lifestyle as any of them you know 
So I feel like there were like a lot of compounded differences. And um, I, I would say that middle school was probably worse than high school because in middle school, like you have no autonomy at all. Like you don't pick your classes. You're just in the same room with all the same people for the entire day. And it just sucks ass. Um, but in high school, you get to like choose, you know, there's like more, um, <clears throat> there's a bigger population and you, you can do more like fun, fun activities. Um, so yeah. it was like, if, if I may just, yeah. If I may just interject, uh, like in Canada, or at least where I grew up, we didn't have middle school. You just went to elementary school, which was kindergarten to seventh grade, and high school was eighth grade to twelfth grade. But I know in in America oh, wow. okay. they have middle oh. school. So then, um, yeah. I guess in case, uh, you know, if you're like an international listener or or like a Canadian non-American listener, like what what exactly is middle school? And, and I've heard it especially sucks. And why is that? <laughs> middle school uh, is it's either it's either seventh and eighth grade or it's sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Yeah. And yeah. it's just a, uh, it's just like a, it it just sort of blunts the transition, uh, from elementary school to high school. It's just sort of this sort of mini. It's a little bit more like high school than it is elementary school. Uh, you get a locker, you got periods, you know, you got to change classrooms, um, and it sucks because it's just a weird time in life, you know. Yeah. And do you do you have to go to a new school? Yeah, yeah, usually. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. that I think that's the problem, right? Because you're uprooted from elementary school, and you're thrown uh, into this new environment, and it's like you got to fight for survival. You, you guys ever seen the movie Thirteen? Yeah, no, I, I think haven't. I have. I think I have. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's the it stars Evan Rachel Wood, and it, it's a fictional movie, but it's kind of shot in like a documentary style. I think it's set in middle school. Like this girl is it gets into middle school, and she's like this. Kind of like goody two shoes, but then she wants to be cool, and then it kind of goes down the wrong road. And uh, I just bring that up because I think it's set in middle school, and and it, it shows I think that problem. Oh, that's the one where they're like having eighth grade, like eighth graders are having sex with twenty five year olds or something. Is uh, that the I, one? I don't know if they're twenty five, but it's like they're they're older. They start doing uh like um I don't know what kind of drugs. It, they might just be like inhaling, you know, like those those like you know those aerosol spray things or it might uh, actually whippets. be harder yeah whippets and then she starts cutting herself and oh jeez. yeah yeah. Um, yeah i vaguely remember watching that movie when i was a teenager and i was like oh man is this what kids are supposed to do because i am so lame in comparison <laughs> no no that's it's not an aspirational <laughs> movie <laughs> uh, but anyway diana uh, uh please continue with what you were saying um yeah it just i always just felt like i don't think i had like a asian american identity i just had like i'm not in the identity that everyone else in i like i just felt isolated and othered um yeah was there a racial component to that you think oh yeah totally where they might have been okay totally totally how did that how did that show up um so like, even though it's, like, a Nebraska's, like, a conservative place, like, it was, um, I was going to school, like, high school was 2000 through 2004, and, you know, that was, like, post-racial mm. America time. Woo! Yeah, so nobody <laughs> acknowledged that they were racist, but they, uh, were just, like, constantly... 
constantly like freezing me out of social situations and just being weird mm. and cold. Um, like I, oh, yeah. I would, I would go. I remember like I would go to the grocery store with my parents and like the cashier would just be super friendly and chatty with the person in front of us and then when they got to my parents they just like completely shut down wow that fucking blows mm-hmm. wow i mean that is wow yeah like that i blows. remember that sucks and this is a like, university town too right it's yeah, not like yeah 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 and Shit. yeah so everyone there they think they are progressive or not progressive like uh politically but they're you know enlightened people they're good people they're the good ones and everybody they're accepting right Mm -hmm. they're tolerant accepting yeah yeah yeah. friendly yeah they would like preach tolerance but like what does that even fucking mean did i tell you i Mm. yeah like i remember in high school uh, no in middle school we watched this uh documentary about the holocaust and immediately after, one of my classmates raises his hand and is like, you know, I I don't want to sound, I know this sounds bad, but I just feel like the Jews complain so much. Whoa. Oh, boy. Okay. Like, <laughs> this happened 70 years ago. Like, get over it. Wow. And then wow. everybody was like, yeah, uh-huh. Including the teacher. The teacher was like, yeah, that's a great point. It's like all everybody is super racist, but nobody admits it. They're just like holding it in. And like we would discuss racism and the teacher would be like, well, you can think racist thoughts as long as you don't act on them. It's okay. That's not very different than uh, than my growing up. Yeah. Wow. That's I can't imagine that, to be honest. Yeah, teen. How how was? Did you enjoy your your uh, years? I would say you know. Okay, so I went to my high school for th- three years, like the sophomore through through senior, and I and but my fir- my freshman year was at a different high school. It was the one that I was actually like zoned for, uh, and I got in so much fucking trouble at that school. Uh, <laughs> I got like you Why know. Why is that? Because. You know, here's the thing, and I, I'm looking back on it, and I'm like, you know, p- I think part of the reason was just, like, it it had to do with, like, the class, like, the people that were in that school. And okay. I don't want to... particular mix of... Okay. It was a p- particular mix, and it was, like, it was kind of a... Like, there was just a lot... It was, like, a school where you kind of had to watch your back. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. And, okay. and so... And, and there weren't as many Asian kids there. Uh, and... Um, <clears throat> I remember, like, when I first got to that first high school, uh, I became, quickly, I became friends with the Korean kids because the Korean kids were, like, the only tough Asian kids. <laughs> and they would... Hell yeah. They would... They would uh, these, were, these were some tough-ass Korean kids. Uh, and, mm. um, you know, the... And, but we, we, we would skip class all the fucking time. We would get into fights all the time with others and ourselves. Um, we would, you know, we'd be stealing shit, you know, uh, you know, and, um, so, so quickly your dad was like, no way, (laughs) this isn't going to work. They, yeah. My parents pulled me out of that school and then put me in this one. Uh, it was a lot easier back then. You could just somehow like just show up at a different school. (laughs) 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 You can't do that anymore. Well, my parents were just like, you know, next year you just go to that school. I mean, they had to pull a few strings, but it was very easy. 
Sure. And um, it changed everything. I, I think I, I think so. I guess uh, I want to know. Like, did you guys was college an optional thing for you all, or because for me, yeah. oh, oh, God, no. Okay, because no. when I was Wait, in Diana, I, you said you said uh, yes that yeah. it was optional. Yeah. Oh, like what? What was the alternative? Like a two-year school, or you know, just community college, or just work as a mechanic. You, you, you mean you were seriously thinking that? Huh. Uh, it wouldn't have been frowned upon. No. Oh, uh, were you personally thinking of that route? No. Oh, okay. Uh, teen, isn't that what you were asking? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, when I was a freshman in high school, I I didn't really envision going to college. I didn't really envision not going to college. I just didn't give a shit. Like I just I just wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> and then my I think my parents were like, you know, you're you're not you're not gonna go get into college. I mean, look at your grades; they're fucking horrendous. <laughs> uh, and they're like, do you want to go to college? And then I actually had to think about it, and I was like, yeah, I guess I should. I think I really wait, should go wait, to college. So when did your like academic turnaround happen? My sophomore year. So once I changed, mm. I, I became like a straight straight A student, and see, I, I shot to the top of the school. See, that's the that's um, the thing that you really like. If you really think about it, you don't have to try until sophomore year, maybe even like junior year. Like the junior year is like the most important, right? Because that's when uh, it counts most. Because like senior year, they're only going to look at maybe half your grades. Sophomore year, you might be too young. Uh, so there's like I, I just think back of you know when I was like trying so hard yeah. in like fourth grade <laughs> like why the hell it did depends, I care about dude. getting straight A's? It de- I, I it, agree. It, it depends. I mean, but I, I tutored. But it depends, man. It, it depends on aptitude. Uh, I, I tutored yeah. some kids um, when I was like a senior. Like um, uh, you know, if you're if you're known to be like a top student, you know, we're you know the people know who the top students are, so people would hire you to tutor their like freshman kids, and and uh, I tutored some pretty dumb kids. <laughs> and it's aptitude, you know. These they, they these were these were these were you know well intentioned kids and everything. They just didn't have the smarts. Yeah, um, I think like earlier grades, like doing well in them, is more about just build, just getting used to like studying and just like having self discipline. Because it's like very few people uh, can just turn it on. You know, you know, like LeBron's like, oh, I'm gonna you know activate playoff mode, but then he still his team still sucks. That's like most people. You know, you can't just be uh, a C student all your life and be like, I'm gonna start trying in sophomore. Like, we all have friends who did that, right? Oh, this year I'm really gonna yeah. start trying, but you know, it's like <laughs> you you built up like years and years of habits that you can't just uh, discard. Right. So the yeah, the key was that, that, the key is your friends too. It's it's like who your who your peers are to me. Like it's the most important thing is yeah. See, um, but, if if I can just interrupt you, but that's the thing. I I never liked hanging out with the smart kids, and that actually uh, caused a lot of uh, uh, problems with my parents, uh, especially my mom. Oh, really? She, she always wanted me to be with the, you know, like really good students and stuff. But I'm like, I'm a good student. Why do I don't I don't need other people to do it? I want to be. No, with, but were they know, were they good? Well, I don't mean that that you were hanging out with the 4.0 crowd, but like, were they good kids? You know, like did they? Uh, I mean, like generally, they weren't like lawbreakers. Like a lot of them didn't end up you know a lot of them uh yeah like they, they all went to I, they weren't I, fresh they weren't freshman yeah. mode team I, I, is that what you're saying? I, I think what, i think yeah exactly i think what i'm saying is like um it, it doesn't i don't know it's hard to say i mean I, I i it's hard to say but i just feel like it it's a it's a matter of like having just dependably dependable friends that are like actually good friends that mm-hmm. that is the big thing. oh you mean like character wise Character-wise, yeah. Okay. I think that's the key. And I had, I, I was lucky to have some pretty, like, solid, good character friends that I'm still friends with. Yeah. You know, they're just solid people. 
Um, yeah. I think that's that's really important. Um, you know, I yeah, there were other stellar. Yeah, there were other like superstars in my class, and I didn't necessarily know them that well or care. Um, you know, even though even though we were probably performing at similar levels, like I didn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't drawn to them because they were like you know stellar students. I, I hung out with my friends, but um, my friends weren't. I think most of my friends were not as academically um, like as they, they didn't they didn't do as well in school as me, but they tried and. You know, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Mark, what was your experience like? Was it good, bad? Uh, I would say, like you know, overall, it was it was fine. Um, you know, I, I was very ready to go to college uh, when I went to college. Uh, at least I think I thought I was emotionally. Um, but you know, I was I was an athlete. Uh, I think a little more more seriously than you, Oxford. Um, what did you play? I played soccer. Oh, okay. And I, I was, I was very serious about soccer, um, you know, for a while since I was like, you know, ten or eleven. So I'd play like, I don't know, eight or nine months out of the year, uh, up and uh, up through until I got to college. So I was playing like, I was playing like the high school season. I'd play like, you know, travel and all that stuff. Um, but I also did like theater. So I did like musical theater and musicals. And I was in the band. I was in the choir. I did all that stuff. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, it does. Why? If you guys know me, well, well, because, because I mean, a, if, if you've gone to karaoke, God. yeah, if you if ah. you've been to karaoke with Mark, you you know. <laughs> if you go to karaoke yeah. with Mark, he runs the karaoke room like it's his personal lounge. I, yeah, wow. I own everyone. He, he reminds everyone, everyone to, to tip, everyone. tip their waitresses. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay. It's like he's running the play. I'm like, dude, are you on the payroll here? What is going on? Why? Are you, what is going on? Uh, they they should pay me. They should pay me. Yeah. Um, I need but to yeah, see so this. you know, it was. Yeah. I'm sorry. I need to see this for myself. Uh yeah. No, you uh, maybe on Friday. Yeah. We, All right. We never let's know. do it. Um. Anyway, so like you know, I had a good time, but I think also um, like as an athlete and you know being like the only Asian guy sort of at the high school that uh what was an athlete. Um, I did get a little bit of, you know, was not like overt, like, you know, calling me race, you know, racial slurs or whatever, but there was always that little, they wanted to test you. They wanted to be like, Oh, you're, you're pretty good for like an Asian guy. And it was that, there was that sense. Um, so, you know, there was a little bit of that. Uh, and you know, I, I think, as I said earlier, like, I don't know whether it was, um, like in my like like the, my my race my being Korean was sort of forefront of my mind, but it definitely was sort of in the back of my mind. Um, but I was totally like a straight laced high school kid, man. Like Tina's is talking about how he got into fights and stuff. I was like, oh my god, I was so <laughs> far away from that. Yeah, and like and and all of my friends were the high achieving, like you know, top of the class kids. And I don't know whether it was because uh, I, I actively like sought that out, or it was just because we were all in the same classes and we had always just sort of been together, so we were friendly. You still it, friends it, with people from high school? Not really. No. Oh, I, I yeah. have like a good um, group of friends from high school. It's kind of weird to think about that now because like I hated it so much, but like I had like a solid group of like like lgbt um 
reject like weirdo people. Oh wow! Okay. And now we still oh, that's cool. get together. Yeah, yeah we yeah. we still will get together and play board games. Um, like, <laughs> oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, or just like grab a drink or something. You know, when all of us are home for the holidays. What's your guys like go to board game? Um, probably Pandemic is what we've played the most. Ooh, that's a, oh, that's really? a really that's a really I've hard never game. Played that's Pandemic. a hard game though, so right? So good. Hard to win. Oh, we're we're so hardcore about it. One time we did like the hardest <laughs> it, like the expansion pack, the hardest level, and it took like three hours, but we fucking saved the world. Wow. Nice, nice. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, that's the thing about high school friends, because like I now live so far away from my high school friends. They're in Vancouver, I'm in New York City now. But recently, a friend um, came to visit New York City, and I met up with him. And the thing about high school friends is it's like you you meet up with them. You might not. I mean, the only reason I stay in touch with them is because we play fantasy football and we're all in the same league. Uh, but you meet up with them, It's it, especially if um, you're catching up because you have a lot of memories uh, to just kind of fall back on and just reminisce. And it is, uh, I think, something that you, it's, it's very hard to lose, um, or like high school friends, I think. And like elementary school friends, I've totally fallen out with, I mean, not, not fallen out, that's the wrong word. I've lost touch with them because it, it's just you know, too far away. But still high school friends, I find it quite easy to, to stay in touch. Um, okay, uh, how about, do you guys ever have any experiences that kind of really crystallize your like racial identity? Because I have a story, because this happened in 10th grade. And I mean, obviously, I, I was aware of, you know, that I'm Korean and I'm Asian, but in 10th grade, we went away on this band trip to, I think it was at Whistler. Uh, and it, we were all hanging out. Um, and then I had my roommates, I think a couple were Asian, and there was like one white guy there. And that white guy had apparently met some girl who was also white. And then for some reason, this came up. And then he tells me, oh, but she's not into Asian guys. And that was, like, I think the first time I truly remember, like, whoa, like, there is something about my race and gender that uh, can act as some kind of barrier. Like, for sure. I, and I didn't know how to respond to it. I was just like, okay, well, I, I don't need, I don't care. But uh, so that was, uh, for me, uh, something I, I, I can look back to as saying when I was old enough to really understand what that meant. Did you guys have anything similar? One time in middle school... Uh, like this was like one of the first friends that I made in middle school and she was like super, um, <clears throat> nice to me, I think because, uh, her group of friends from elementary school had all like decided to be cool and decided that she wasn't cool enough. So we became uh, friends. Oh man, that's, ugh. yeah, like it, it's hard for girls, <laughs> like white girls are like so mean to each other. But like, so we were like pretty close friends in the seventh grade. And I think uh, she just like starts saying all this like really, really racist stuff about black people. And I was like, what's oh, okay. going on? Yeah, I was like, I I don't understand what's going on, but I'll just like, what, let What was the context? Because it doesn't seem like there were a lot of black people around. So what did she like see a, a, them in a movie and be like, oh, did, you know, look at them or I don't... Yeah, how did that I, come about? It Like, there was no context. Sometimes she would just say random things. And I feel like it was just, like, she was just saying things that her parents would tell her. And she never really thought about it. Like, she's she's not like this now. She's actually, like, 
pretty anti-racist now, but like back then she would just say things like that. And I remember one time we were at her house watching TV and like a commercial for the bodyguard came on or something. And she said like, oh my God, that is the most disgusting movie ever. Like a black person with a white person. I can't, I can't. Oh, the like, bodyguard? Oh. Yeah, she's like, I hate it. It's like so disgusting to me. And then she turns to me and goes, but you're okay because you're basically white. Or like you're you're, uh, you're almost oh, wow. white. It's like, jeez. And how old was this? What was this? We're like seventh yeah, grade? Yeah, we were like 12. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, what, what about you guys? You, you guys have, have a moment like that? Yeah, I mean, there was one incident when I, I think it was elementary school. Uh, where what, this one kid pushed me in the uh, cafeteria and he called me a chink. No, that's that's pretty blatant. Yeah, but but I pushed him back and pushed him down and it ended, <laughs> like it never happened again. So like other than that, like and and I also ironically at a, a soccer tournament, the only racism I ever got was from a team from like the Bronx or like Yonkers, I think, in New York City, where it was like the most diverse team we, we were playing. And they were racist towards me, and no other team of like all white dudes had ever been racist. So it was like, it was just yeah, really it can weird. Be like that sometimes, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It was like a team of like Hispanic kids and black kids, and like probably some like Asian kids, and they were like the worst. And I had been playing tournaments against you know just like all white white dudes, and I had never gotten anything. And you know, it was it really stuck out in my mind. I just remember it. Well, that's a that's being strange. a thing. I feel like it's different because. Like, white racism, it's not obvious. It's, like, really insidious and damaging because they have, like, structural power, but it's never, like, the same. Like, when I was in um, elementary school, like, it was a more diverse place and I was, like, actually friends with, like, more of the white kids because the black kids and the Hispanic kids would be, like, super like blatantly racist to me but it just it felt different you know if it didn't it it was just like kids being jerks to other kids and like the teacher was white and you know like sometimes we just like share crayons and draw and it'd be fine it wasn't like it didn't feel like oppression in that same way i don't i don't think um you know i i just had a really different experience growing up like i I don't think I ever became aware of my race. It, like, it, it, meaning, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, I just never... Yeah, yeah. I, I just always knew I was Chinese. Uh, sure, yeah. And uh, where I went to elementary school, it was it was kind of like super diverse. I grew up... I mean, I always say this. I grew up in a pluralism. I didn't grow up in an enclave of all Asians, mm-hmm. but there were... Asians around and but a lot of other types of uh, kids from other different backgrounds and foreign countries and stuff Latin America the Middle East Africa other parts of Asia um, so I just I it, it never like there was never a moment where it just kind of came online you know like I just kind of always mm-hmm. knew that people came from different backgrounds and I was Chinese um and so it i don't think there was any one moment where i was like whoa i'm different um everyone was different in 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 that sense so uh, yeah. i'm more interested in like i knew i was different too but it was more like 
I'm different, and this is actually gonna like be a negative. Because like, yeah, we're all different in some way. I'm like, you know, I my think, hair color. I think I, I think one one experience was just like when I was getting in a lot of trouble um, in in high school. The you know family friends and stuff, and you know they were suggesting that the school was coming down extra hard on me because I was you know I wasn't a white kid. I was like, uh, maybe that's true. I don't know. I I I, I didn't know, and then. Um, it could have been true, but then again, when I got in trouble, a lot of times, some you know, in some cases, it was actually like Asian American people in authority that were giving me shit, you know. Um, so yeah, it, it never, honestly, it never the the issue of race never. And then there was like college admissions where you know I knew that as an Asian kid, you would have. It was pretty clear at that point that uh, even back in like 1996, that being Asian did not help you. You know, so there was that. Um, but honestly, like, uh, it, you know, I hear people say that a lot where um, they talk about formative moments where they kind of sort of realized the situation they were in. But I, for some reason, I always kind of knew. Um, yeah. So I, I feel I, like I was spared. Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that, too. It's just this tension. It's like discomfort with yourself right yeah uh, yeah dan I have, I have a question for you it seems like you've had the most negative high school experience out of all of us here um so what i think a lot of people in that situation would then you know like hate their asianness try to get away from it and i think it's unfortunately understandable why that happens but you know india you seem to have actually gone totally the opposite of that what what, what do you think that is so I always, I, I don't know. I just always <laughs> felt fair. like it wasn't, it wasn't my fault. It was like clearly <laughs> their problem. And sure, um, yeah. I think. I think that's the key. Yeah. 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 Like I it's was hard to do like, that yeah, I, I, I was really depressed and un, like mm. just like enraged. I'm still enraged all the time, you know, because of those experiences. But it's just. It, yeah, yeah. it doesn't feel internalized in the same way that well, I see how susceptible it. how susceptible are you in general to like really wanting to be accepted because I think that's an important thing like if you really want to be accepted then it might affect you but if you're like fuck it I know that like those people suck then you might have a, a different reaction so like did, mm. were you I want right I mean yeah for sure I want validation like I want people to like me so bad but I think I use the like fuck you mentality as a defense because I have so much like need for validation um you know I I think maybe I have like a good relationship with my parents and like I know in my heart of hearts that like they care about me and I feel like whatever, and I see like the racist shit happen to them and how angry they are. And I think maybe like, like that bond and their, their ability to not internalize it helped me to not. Oh, that's so important. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And Mark, uh, going to your point about validation, I think, I think generally all, all people want to be validated. I think that's fine. It, right. It's about 
uh, like, how are you framing that validation? Because I think uh, up until I think the end of college, my I always wanted to be validated from from a more uh, passive or like a position of weakness, where you're like, I hope you accept me. Um, uh, yeah, on your yeah. terms but then you know i went to career for a couple of years right. and when i came back that shifted where it's like i want you to i want to be validated but on my terms i'm going to make you i'm going to force you somehow to ap- appreciate uh where i'm coming from and that's how i'm going to do it i'm not going to like sh- like change myself for you i'm going to change you right and that, to, yeah. to accept me and that's right. i think one key uh to approach it because i think it, yeah it's kind of hard for people to say you know don't care about what other people think because you, well, know, you yeah. know i'm not saying oh, that. i know you're not saying, not that. saying that. that i think yeah. yeah yeah i think but yeah you make a really good point the distinction that it's a, either external or uh internal and also like a passive versus active and if it's always passive and then what that you a lot of times leads to is people changing uh to, to try to get other people to accept them. yeah it's on whose terms that's and that's the so, most important yeah. uh, thing I, I to sort out I, I think for me, like looking back, uh, my the thing that kind of protected me was just like a total lack of social awareness. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. No, that can work. That can work. That can work. Yeah, I just didn't understand the concept of being accepted. Uh, yeah. I didn't under like I didn't perceive there to be like we probably had a social hierarchy at high school. I just didn't was not perceptive of it because I was just like yeah I just I got my friends like you know we just do our thing and. Uh, I don't know. I guess there was a pop. I mean, late, I know some kids that are were pretty anxious uh, even now, like about um, you know hi- social hierarchies and stuff back in high school. And um, I, I don't know why. I just never plugged into the con. It's not that I didn't care about popularity. It's that I didn't understand the concept of it. You know. So I just I sometimes like just ignorance is bliss. I don't know. I think that was my saving. Ignorance somehow saved me in a way. I just didn't care. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's great. Uh, that 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 is awesome, though. It's I a, mean, I think I, I st- every every high school kid, every high school kid could use a little bit of that. So, I think so, <laughs> social blindness. <laughs> well, I, I don't even know if it's it doesn't have to take the form of being totally socially blind, uh-huh. but at least the ability to have you know, a little pushback mm-hmm. against it and yeah. be like, you know what, just because, you know, X group doesn't like me or that person doesn't like me or they're somehow for this moment, the cool crowd uh, doesn't mean that they're always right or that you have to, to do all that. Right. And if you exalt, you know, as long as you have your friends that and people who value you, that's enough. Um, but, you know, a lot of kids get caught up in like, I have to be part of the, the, the cool and, and part of it i don't know how much this is still a thing but like in the 90s um because i'm you know i'm an old guy uh i, I was growing <laughs> up in the 90s um there was this understanding of sort of like rebellion like teenage like it yeah. back then they yeah. it, 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 like popular culture sort of romanticized the notion of someone who didn't give a shit and it was like yeah. slacker yeah, culture yeah. and stuff and so yeah, you know, you 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 kind of, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't it, being popular wasn't really that valorized when I was young, you know, like um, yeah, it, it was kind of cool to be uh, maybe like an unknown quantity and to be a bit of an outsider uh, and just to be doing your own thing outside of the construct of you know of of the of the of the of the social hierarchy at school. And uh, 
I don't know. I, I don't know if that exists anymore. Yeah, I was actually but, about to ask that. Like, does that exist anymore? Because I, I think like every high school kid now, as far as I'm, I know, I based on what I read, is, uh, you know, has a so is trying to strive for a social media following. Has like those, you know, fake sponsors, uh, you know, pretending that they're, you yeah. know, getting, getting stuff from you know these fashion brands or whatever. And if you are an outsider, it's in that context. Like they might say, I'm not a stereotypical jock or cheerleader, but you're still striving for that uh, recognition. In fact, it might even be worse because you're no longer even confined to your school. Now you're trying to get, That's you true. know, 10, 20, you know, 50,000 followers on Instagram. So, you know, like back in the days, back in the days when it's you were popular because, you know, 200 people in your high school or, or you know, 800 <laughs> people in your high school knew who you were. I mean, just right. that's like chump change now. It's it's even, it's, it's infinitely worse. It's so, it's such a nightmare. Yeah. Today. Yeah. It's such yeah. a nightmare. Like, there's just so much. I mean, for me, there's just there was just so much. Like, I grew up. Uh, I think most of us were probably like latchkey kids. I, both my parents worked. Mo- all my friends, both their parents worked. They my didn't mom get didn't home. Work. Yeah. Oh, okay. But like for us, like you know, after school, it was just our time until like six thirty p.m. Yeah. You know, we had not me. We had five hours. Piano practice. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, I wasn't busy, man. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was very busy. You were busy. I just wasn't. A, see, that's the other thing. Oh, yeah. I just wasn't a busy kid. I mean, I did debate. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, I wasn't an athlete, so I didn't have to like deal with practice yeah. after school. Um, my friends, I don't know. We just did our own thing, and uh, it was we had our fun, and like there there was just a lot of freedom. There was just a shitload of freedom, and uh, I I carry that with me t- today. I'm just I still feel like. That's the most blissful way to live. Um, and uh, if I hadn't been at practice or whatever and I had been home, uh-huh. I would have been forced. I would have been like, you have to study. Like, I couldn't just do nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah no. look, no. Looking back, like a junior year, I was, I, I wonder how I did it. Cause I, I have to get up every day for band practice, which started at like seven or seven thirty. And then Jesus. during oh. football season, Jeez, you have practice man. every day after. Which goes on until about yeah. six thirty, um, mm-hmm. and then you have games on on weekends. And so it, that was uh, a eleven and a half hour day, bro. That's a that's yeah. And then so and, uh, on top insane. of that, on, on top of that, you had yeah. homework and like uh, you know studying for SATs and stuff like that. Um, I think the, the good thing about my school was that it wasn't very competitive in the sense that you didn't have hordes of kids trying to get into the same schools because most of the kids like like generally like the top kids would go to ubc the university of british columbia which is not that hard to get into it's a great school hard to graduate but not that hard to get into it's a huge public school so um i i you know i know people who, who go to very beautiful school uh, by the way it's a beautiful school. oh yeah i mean it's not as beautiful when you're like dad used to work there so you like used to go there as a kid <laughs> to his office you're like oh yeah this this place the mystique no, I, is but gone. i've been there i've been gone. to that museum the 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 um the First Nations uh, Museum there. Oh, Anthropology it's, it's, Museum. Hmm. Yeah, it's great. Oh wow. Uh, uh, that, I mean, you go there enough on field trips as a as a little kid, you get sick of that place. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Oxford is just destroying all of. <laughs> although, all the home um, of images. A proud moment is there's, there's a very famous First Nations artist named Bill Reed, who has a lot of pieces. Yes, there, I, I remember think. that name. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, and my my yeah. dad treated him. I I think he had some kind of illness when he got older. Oh, neurological illness cool so i remember somebody telling me oh you know your one of your dad's patients is bill reed and i'm like oh i know oh, wow. I, I studied him in like sixth grade okay. social studies um <laughs> anyway uh but th- that was the thing like yeah it was 
uh, it took up a lot of time, but I never felt that I had to really study so hard because my competition was like sitting next to me in, in my in my classroom. My competition was mm. just myself. Uh, so that was nice, and that's why I think you know if I ever have kids, I would be very hesitant to send them to an all too competitive school just because I I've heard of how toxic that can be. I mean, I, I hear friendships almost breaking because they apply to the same school. Oh. Um, so it's like I don't mm. I don't want that for for my kids. My my high school was competitive, but not quite that competitive. Like, we didn't send four people to Harvard every year, but there was going to be one person that went to each Ivy League school, maybe a couple that went to Dartmouth, um, you know, Columbia, NYU, you know, Tufts, Middlebury, you know, Amherst, you know, they, they would get into And then, you know, everyone else would go to sort of like just various other schools, but like, Everyone was going to go to college, and but it, it was competitive, though. I mean, people took it seriously. I had, I had, we had uh, both. But, you know, every school there's a competitive layer, and then a non. Like a competitive school will have a competitive layer, and then a not so competitive layer. Yeah, and yeah, uh, course, yeah. I was like performing at the competitive layer, but I didn't have a competitive personality. And then mm. um, I didn't. I just didn't game admissions very well. But like I, I had like stellar scores, right? Like I had a perfect SAT sure. and I had a four and everything, excluding ninth, ninth grade. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't get into shit. I didn't get in anywhere. Um, I got into University of Maryland, uh, which gave me a full ride, uh, and then I got into Cornell, which didn't give me shit. And my dad <laughs> was like, you know, you can go to either one of those. You just tell me, you know, whatever you want. It's your choice. And uh, I thought about it, and I was like, eh, I'll, I'll just I'll just go to Maryland. <laughs> and he was like, oh, good. That was good the choice. Right, he's like, that's the right answer. <laughs> uh, Dude, that was a good choice. So I just went to, like, this middling state school. I mean, I love Maryland. It's a, I think it's a great school, but it's not, you know, people don't immediately, when I tell people I went there, they're not like, whoa, you know. Um, <laughs> they're like, oh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, so you went to school. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I, I don't know. For me, like, I had friends that thought that was unthinkable. You know, they're like, you put in this much work and effort yeah. and you're, all you got to show for it is going to the state school and on a full ride that ain't worth shit. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> full ride. I, I, that's, I, that's I, to, yeah. I, I had fun. I had more fun no, in I, college than most of my friends who went to like, you know, Ivy Leagues because. Oh, definitely. But it's like, I, I, I think looking back, I had put that pressure on myself because like I, I was like some of your friends, you were saying that like they couldn't have even contemplated going to you know, Maryland. Like I was sort of like that kid where I was like, if I'm not going to an Ivy league school, then I failed. It's like, I, I spent so much time and work and, 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 and work myself to a frenzy and I, I'm going to go to a state school like that. Like that's sort of the mentality I had. I don't think that really came from my parents. Like, you know, my parents put pressure on me and wanted me to do well because they thought I could do well, but I, I think they would have been, ultimately they would have been maybe a little disappointed because you know, they thought I could do better, but they would have been okay. But I think it was a lot of on myself. Like I, I wanted to do, yeah, to do better. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I put the pressure on myself to go to a good school uh, so I could fucking leave. You know, because I would have gotten like a, mm. free, like a yeah. full ride to Nebraska. I just didn't want to go there. So it was like I had to justify leaving, you know, to like go to somewhere mm -hmm. better. Where did you end up going? Right? Uh, Berkeley in California. Oh, okay. Nice. But, like, yeah. And it's like, I that's wish. That's a woe I... school. What? Uh, that's a, I a said that's a woe school. school. Whoa, oh. Berkeley. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Queen but shit like... over here. 
<laughs> but like I didn't really work that hard either and I I kind of feel like um I wish my parents had put more pressure on me to actually do well because oh, then I probably could have like gone to Harvard or something. But they were like, oh, my yeah, mom yeah. was number one, I'm, number one public institution. What kind of socialist yeah. bullshit is that? Yeah, I'm gonna go to Harvard. Yeah, please. My mom, like, please. her advice to me in high school was like, don't, don't take the hardest classes. Just be good in the mediocre classes. And take it easy because you have your whole life to work. And so I, I never felt like... It's good advice. Yeah. I never felt like I put in enough energy to like feel bad about not going to like Harvard. But I still wait, felt so like... Wait, so you I, still feel... Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. So you still feel guilty about or you still feel regret over not having got gotten to Harvard? No, no, no. I, 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 mm -hmm. I, I feel like I didn't put in as... I didn't put enough energy into like studying or anything in high school to feel bad about to feel guilty about oh i not see i see i see oh, okay, okay, okay yeah 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 no i put in harvard effort level uh but i i got maryland level <laughs> outcome uh but i was weirdly <laughs> excited about it i was like yeah fuck yeah i don't have to go to harvard or whatever like i, I didn't i don't know it was just kind of this uh I want I've always wanted to just like drop out and you know take the easy <laughs> route. I just fucking love taking the easy route and then what happens is I fall so far behind and then I I take stock of everything and I'm like, "Oh shit, I got to, you know, whatever." So after college, I was like stuck in a in a really you know, I was like, "I can't work this job for the mm. rest of my life. Are you fucking kidding me?" And my dad's like, "You can't work this job. Are you kidding me?" Uh and so I just scrambled and then, you know, got into like an elite you know, grad school, but, um, that, and then, and then from there, it's been a sustained, uh, you know, amount of low effort. As <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What if your employers are listening to this? Huh? What, if, what employers? They don't, you know, <laughs> no, I, I don't give a shit. Just do the minimum, just do the minimum amount you need to coast. Like that is, I think that's the best life advice. Just period. I would. <laughs> I'm telling I would you, it's so important. It's so. I would important. supplement that with um, coast on the things that you don't care about that much, and go all out on the things right. you do care about. And I think that, for a lot yes, of us, yeah, our jobs, yeah. yes, our jobs are true. you know so we can eat and you know sleep in a warm place. Um, so you know don't, you know you don't kill yourself unless you that is actually what you really want. You're like if, if like just imagine you're like epitaph like if your job you want that on your epitaph then sure go ahead no my, I mean our our parent you can tell now because our parents are I don't know I mean I'll, I'm assuming all our parents are either retired or close to retirement my my parents they don't keep in touch with anyone from work the jobs that they worked for like decades they don't yeah, talk about work yeah work you know friends, they're hanging out with their friends and family like they always wanted yeah, to wor work friends so. are so awkward like once you start working you realize how awkward the concept of work friends are it's yeah uh, yeah yeah uh but yeah. He here's a question i want to ask you this is somewhat related so i mean i do uh you know in a lot of my creative writing i mean just for me uh college was more of of a like a vivid formative experience uh, but lately i've been trying to delve more into my high school experiences because i think I mean, if you just look at all the stories that are out there, whether it's like books or movies, there's really not that much about college. There's a lot about high school. And I think there's a reason for that. I mean, for one thing, everyone, almost everyone goes to high school, not like barely a third of all Americans go to college. I think maybe if you grow up as kind of middle class, upper middle class Asian, 
American, it does seem like everybody goes to college, but it's actually even among Asian Americans, we're among the highest college goers. We're not even half, half of us don't even, more than half of us don't go to college. So I'm just asking, my question is, like, what experience do you think people cherish more, high school or college? For those who've gone to both, that is. You, you mean ourselves or do what our theory on people uh, is? Yourselves and in general. Mm. I think high school. I think in general, yeah, high school. Uh, for me personally, it's college. Yeah, personally. But for- um, I think overall, high school. Yeah, I agree. I think I had more fun in college uh, than I than I did in high school. But I do think high school um, socialized me in a much more fundamental way, whereas college was like mm. it was a lot of weed, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was a lot. There was a lot of there was a lot of weed. And there was a lot of drinking, um, uh, but high school was, I think high school is where I started forming core ideas about who I was and what I cared about and what I wanted. Um, I think that was all in high school. I think college was mostly coming to term, well, being that, you know, but, but high school is when you're figuring shit out. Um, I mean, I. Uh, Mark and Diana, I mean, I, I agree, as you said, you, you seem to, uh, uh, you know, be the same thought as me. And I think it's because, you know, as we said, we all saw high school as a stepping stone. Uh, whereas I think, I think more people are more in the moment in high school. Uh, so I think that it would explain why we found college to be, you know, more, uh, I don't know if cherish is the right word, but it, it, it's more just like in our, we think about it more. But- but didn't I mean? Question for you, Oxford. Did, did did what was your social life in college like? Because for me, it was a much smaller. It, my social circle in college actually shrunk by a significant amount compared to high school, um, mm. just because just because I one I was in a giant school, and and two like you know you just kind of stuck with people that you were were comfortable with. I didn't I didn't venture out too far in, in, oh, in uh, well, it, college it, it was it was the opposite for me because college you had yeah, much more uh, freedom because one of the problems with my high school is because uh as i said we we had people from all over the city go to it a lot of my friends lived at least like half an hour away by bus like i i didn't have that experience where your friends uh, all kind of lived in the same cul-de-sac and you just like go out and hang out like a lot of my friends if i want to meet up with them it'd be kind of we'd have to really make a commitment because one of us would have to you know take the crosstown bus to get to the to their town or whatever and plus um you know you can't really meet up on you know weeknights because you're studying you got football whatever uh so on some weekends maybe we'd like go out but even then you're living in your parents home so you know they it's not like my parents were that strict but you don't have that total freedom and in college you get to meet a lot of different types of people my high school is relatively small there's i think about 150 uh, guys per grade so that's pretty small. Yeah, yeah, so in college, I didn't go to a huge school like Maryland, but it was still like at least almost like 10 times bigger than that. So I uh, it just had actually more variety in, in college. But but as I, as I, but as I've been delving more into my high school memories and and trying to come up with stories about that, there is a lot there still. And um I think it does appeal more on a universal level just because as I said, not as many people go to college. Uh, even fewer go to the types of colleges we went to, which are more, you know, selective, 
yeah, you know, you live in dorms kind of thing. That's still a quite a, you know, kind of like an elitist, that, yeah, elitist that is uh, not very common, uh, thing. Yeah. And, and maybe there's a reason why nobody really writes stories about that. So, Diana, did uh, did Berkeley solve all of your problems? Did did you? <laughs> uh, in some ways, like I think it really hammered home like what was what was wrong before because you know like when I got there like everyone was so warm and just like like inviting in a way that nobody was Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in Nebraska yeah so I I felt that was great but like I think I felt like um being there I was kind of in like a safe place and then I was like really depressed and angry because I was like kind of like like all my feelings from before were kind of coming out and that didn't that process Mm. kind of like um I cycled through a bunch of those and it I didn't really like resolve those feelings until grad school or past grad school and in, in terms of like values and who I was as a person, like, um, I don't think I figured that shit out until, you know, after grad school. Yeah, I was still yeah. a, I was still like a, basic, looking back, I was still basically just a kid when I came out of college even. Yeah. I'm on I'm on Twitter right now. Like uh, Jay Caspian Kang is just, uh, it's like Christmas for him, this uh, college admission scandal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's having too much fun. Uh, I, oh apparently now he's just trolling. Apparently, like the schools like Yale and USC are now calling themselves victims of of like this scam. <laughs> like, fuck you, oh, yes, fuck yeah. you. No one's gonna feel sorry God. for you. <gasps> oh, oh, fuck they, those we're schools. so we're so, <laughs> we're so elite that they want to bribe us. So woe is us. I, I guess Dude, you're gonna say how how how, how what how out. white is that to bribe the Stanford sailing yeah. coach? Uh, yep. Yeah. Sa- yeah. It's not even like the the football. Like, coach. Who, how, I know. That, I know. You, it's like the sailing. I coach. know. There's a very reputable <laughs> uh, water polo coach. Apparently, he's a, he's like the the red Arbuck of water polo. He's been fired uh, because, uh, yeah, he he's been at the school for the uh, red Arbuck yeah, of water yeah, he, polo. Apparently, he's like won the like the last like ten to fifteen champion. I don't know something crazy. Uh, but he was one of the bribees, and yeah, he's he's been fired. Well. Oh no! Oh no! That is so like such um, white mediocrity. It's like your parents are so wealthy and so famous. Like you had all of the privileges in the world, and you still can't get into USC on your own. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they had to. They had to drop a brick on the scales. They couldn't just thumb if it. If your parents are Felicity you know? Huffman and William H Macy, like you'll you'll just never be as yeah. cool as your parents, and and you're living in their shadow, and your parents are always going to be like you know their lives are going to overshadow your. You're just like a dingleberry on your parents' mm-hmm. lives, yeah. and you know I. I, 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 I feel. I know it's. <laughs> I feel I, like I, the kids, I could actually feel bad for those kids, to be honest. Me too. I was just gonna but, say, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. the real victims because, like, they're not the ones paying off the schools. <laughs> they're like no, their exactly. hel- helicopter parents. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I put blame on the parents. Um, oh, completely, completely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who? Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering if just, you have to bribe USC with five hundred thousand dollars. What, like, if they weren't the child of celebrities where would they have gone 
Like they would, like, they would have gone to. What, were they rich though? Like, like UC Riverside. I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to think of like. No, what? I think they're. I think they're literally like cooking meth at that. Like they're, <laughs> it's they're yeah. gonna go this the route well, of like Michael Douglas's kid. Yeah. You know. Oh, I, I, but I not don't, all I don't of know the. And you know why they? Did, I guarantee you why they did that. I guarantee you the reason is because they they were like, oh, we fucked up. You know, like they probably were like, we got to do everything we can to get her into college because we, duh, you don't think we raised her right. You know, and they looked at her and they were probably like, she's going to be cooking meth. She's going to be cooking meth because we were too busy with our fucking acting careers and whatever. Right. And they will right. do or anything. Gonna, or, and they're, yeah. you know, so we're going to we're going to have to support her and and her like loser boyfriends for the rest of our lives. Yeah. You know, and they were just like, let's you know? just do everything we can can to, to get to get her somewhere. Maybe William H. Macy is like the character he plays on Shameless is like this horrible dad who just like, completely neglects his family. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, it sure, it but sure not fits everyone. The pattern. Yeah, but not everyone in this uh, scandal was like a celebrity. They were just like regular rich people. Yeah, they they seem like you know, <laughs> you know Manhattan hedge fund manager types. Yeah, yeah. with like enough Which, money to throw around at this, but not enough to be like like a like a Kushner, who apparently um, right, right. is his like case is apparently getting reinvestigated. Uh, which is like everybody. Which, which kno- one? Well, like you know how Jared Kushner got into Harvard. Which everybody knows because it was one of the the main stories in the Price of Admission, that book that came out in like 2005. That just that was like one of the big, uh, like first big works, uh, showing how corrupt the admission system is. And there was like a like a you know chapters dedicated to Jared Kushner. Which back then we were all like, "Whoa, who's this motherfucker?" But now everyone knows who he is. And after this, it's obviously he he got in on under total. Um... Oh yeah, my but my think- uh. My my dad told me a bit of a piece of advice. Uh, I'm not sure it was advice per se, but like a shared a little nugget of wisdom, which is rare. He ever, rarely ever does that. But I told I remember uh, it wasn't that long ago. I was like, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm one of the few committed no kids kind of people. You know what I mean, Dad? And he said, uh, Yeah, that's cool. Uh, he <laughs> said, I said, Yeah, and uh, he actually took the words right out of my mouth. He goes, The world is very. Uh, anti-family and i was like Mm -hmm. huh you know i was about to say that but what do you what do you mean by that and he said the world's really sad he was like you know he's like i love family i i i I, you know i'm I'm a big family guy but here i when i moved to america i realized that in the future uh you raise your kids to a certain age and then you just sort of like put them in a like a little paper boat and then you just you just you just set them off. You're like shove them down the river. Yeah, you yeah. just send them off, and I don't know what the fuck is going to happen to you. I can't shape your life for you, uh, which is not true of everyone. I think if you're Jared Kushner, your father can very much shape your life. But I think for most people, the reality is that you know your parents just sort of put you on your own merry little way, and then just cross their fingers and hope the best for you. And uh, you know, I think that because of that. Um, looking back the way that we, my generation was raised, I feel like we were pretty well attuned to that, um, adapted for that in the sense that our parents kind of assumed at some point, uh, they were just going to put us on our, but on a boat and just sail us off. But they had so much confidence that things would be as easy, if not easier for us than it was for them. So they were like, if we're, we're immigrants from fucking Taiwan, if we can do well, you better do, you know, you'll be fine. Right. And so they, there was really much, I think that at that time there was this feeling like if we let the kids sort of find their own way, there was a real emphasis on independence and sort of low touch parenting 
that you know we would we wouldn't be so clingy and we would actively want to go get on that boat and we did and now i see sort of the opposite happening because i think people feel are worried that the opportunities are not going to be there for the kids and that as as parents they have to go be like cushioners everyone has to be like cushioners you know, if they've got to pay, yeah, pave yeah. the path for their kid as far as they possibly can and guide them. Well, the, the helicopter whole way. parenting. Yeah, the helicopter stuff has been the, the norm, I think, since I was in high school. Oh, really? And even before oh, that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the helicopter parenting has been going on for the last 25 years, 30 years. Like, really bad, really bad stuff. Like, like parents calling into the teachers and like how do you think that like came out? Like how do you think that turned out? Like the psychological profile of the kids that were raised that way? Oh, it's completely ruined. Yeah, uh, <laughs> two generations of children. No, it's completely ruined them. Yeah, because it goes beyond just like school. Like they'll, they'll be and trying to get them into school because let's be honest, right? Like there's only point zero zero one percent of the population that actually has enough money to do anything like these parents are doing yeah you right? can't do it and like you can't pay like, the way like you can try yeah, like even even yeah like even if uh you know our parents wanted to do it they just wouldn't have the means to do it I, there's no family but, empire for me to take over yeah and my, no, my dad exactly, can't pull right? strings and get me a job at his office and no. i don't want that job anyway <laughs> you know, like, right right so. right there, there, there's no cushy seven-figure job to rebel against. Yeah, there's no, there's no um, beque- you don't, you don't inherit anything right. from your parents anymore. Like what I mean by right, that is right. like you don't, there's no, there's no tradition for you to like take over. There's no right. thing. It's just like you know your parents but, did their but, thing, and now you're gonna do your thing. You know, right, right. But I mean, it's, but but going down to like the upper middle class level, right? Yeah, they have like enough. They have like enough connection where they could get you some. Uh, uh, interviews at their firm, right, or where they work, or with their friend that yes. works, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but from a from a very young age, your whole life is um, programmed, and your life is sort of influenced by what your parents will do to influence the authority figures around you, like your teachers and administrators and everything. And it continues your whole life, and then you get you might go to college, and then they, you know, your parents are like super involved with your college, which. My parents were not, and I don't think any of our parents were. And then you get go to your job, and there are literally parents that will call their bosses, like the the bosses of their kids. <laughs> or they'll call like the, the 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 hiring managers of like the the firms that they're interviewing at. Be like, why didn't you hire my kid? Like, it's not common, but it happens, right? So it's like when you have a whole generation of kids raised that way. Yeah. When you have a whole generation of kids raised that way, there's no resilience at all. And like and and that and this entitlement mentality, and I know that like it's a trope for everyone to talk about. Oh, millennials are entitled. There's some truth to that. Isn't that um, like an upper middle so, class thing, though? Just like working class parents, like nobody's yeah. doing that. Y- yeah, no, I no, think I not. think what happens is like uh, just taking that analogy. But, but it of goes like, down though to the middle class, though it goes to the middle class and upper middle class, which is a pretty sizable portion of the but population. I, I think taking that analogy of like um you know setting your kids off into the into the ocean with the boat and hoping that they can make it i think the difference is like you know if you're unless you're the one you know the the one percent maybe even more than that um you have to let them go and the upper middle class with the helicopter parent what i think that is is just like the parents just 
they're, they're just wading with the kids as far as they possibly can. But the ocean is just too damn big and you're going to have to let go at some point. And it's better to let them start, you know, expl- like getting used to it from an early age rather than trying to delay that, that, that letting go for as long as possible because the kids are going to freak the fuck out and they're 32 years old. Well, yeah. You know, it's like you're so, you know, you have to let them go where like the water is calm and then you're drifting down the river towards the ocean. And then like eventually you're learning how to like sail, right? And maybe some turbulence, a little rapids. But like, but you got to do it on your parents, own. I mean, you got to do as much stuff right, you on your do own it, as possible. Right, exactly. Yeah. On their own. But then mm-hmm. like the helicopter parents, they're navigating their kid through all the rapids. And then like suddenly they're at the ocean. And it's a raging storm, and they can't follow anymore. But then the kid has no sailing skills. All right, uh, so, we're over an hour and a half, so uh, let's. We should close it out. Okay, here's a, here's a little story I have that'll wrap up like the helicopter parents. So last week I was hanging out with Trevor and M. Tume, and we were like in, in Bushwick. And on the way back, um, shout out uh, T and I, we were at Mor- the Morgan Avenue L stop, and we were there for like 20 minutes, and and a, and the train apparently stopped, and nobody told us. Like the work, like no, the workers there, is what nobody told us. Uh, so we we took the Classic. bus back. And then T got off at, at Metropolitan Avenue, which is like in Williamsburg. Apparently there, there were all like signs everywhere, workers like telling everyone that, you know, don't take this, that it's closed. And I said, you know what? It's probably because all the parents of the Williamsburg kids would call de Blasio's office to complain. My kid was <laughs> waiting in, in for like 20 minutes on a cold, you know, night for the subway. And we're like, yeah, that's probably why. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, great pod, guys. It was a really interesting discussion. Um, yeah. Uh, any any closing thoughts anyone wants to have? Quickly wrap up. Uh, I miss the 90s. <laughs> we should do a podcast <laughs> about that sometime. I really, um, I really miss the 90s. But, it, but that, that was a really fun point, though, that you, I think good point that you made, because I think back to the music that was like popular in the mid to late 90s. Like there was Nirvana was like super popular. Um, like Green Day was like new and you know sort of out there and like that whole I, I, they were like both both those bands and, and, were really bad and like independence. and like weird suburban white friendly hip hop was a thing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Which, there was all these different <laughs> things that you could be you know <laughs> yeah the nineties get a bad rap on the media but there's some really oh it was great. no it was it was <laughs> 90s, the golden age you know. man I don't give a shit <laughs> yeah, it was the golden age all right um. Okay, uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, Tune in next week. We'll have another episode. Bye. All right, later all. See y'all. Bye. Um, Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of Escape from Plan A. If you like us, please go to iTunes and subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We're also on SoundCloud, so subscribe to us there and Spotify and Google Play. And if you have any comments or questions or even suggestions to write something for us, please reach out to us at editor.planamag at gmail.com. All this information will be in the episode description. So join us again next week. Bye, everyone.